And we are recording. How are we doing, gang? Kyle McNally here. Acquired taste with Kyle McNally. Christmas episode. Who's excited? You know your boy's excited. You know the big dog. That's me. Uh, You know I'm excited. I love Christmas. I'm a big old Christmas guy. Everybody knows that about me. Uh, Even though they're trying to take Christmas away, the COVID people, the government... If you will, they're taking it away, but not from us. Not from us diehards. We're still here. We're still out here celebrating. I am uh, back home for Christmas. Officially back in the bean. I'm actually in my parents' basement right now, which is my old bedroom. There's a bed frame down here with no mattress. They threw our mattress out. I'm literally recording this. I'm sitting on like a... Like a bin you keep your clothes in. One of those plastic storage bins with a lid. I'm sitting on that. I got my girlfriend's suitcase in front of me to balance the laptop on. It's a real professional setup we got going on here. I got gifts to the side of me. Christmas gifts for different people. And uh, I got a notebook balancing on one of those bags. I got a water bottle balancing on the other one. We're we're ready to record, gang. We're ready to rock. Professional setup for a professional podcast, frankly. We're... uh. We're doing big things here. But, uh, yeah, we're back back in the bean. We moved back officially over the weekend. It was a complete nightmare, absolute train wreck. We uh, got it done, though. U-Haul canceled on us last second. Fuck U-Haul. But we got it done back in Boston, pregnant girlfriend, yada, yada, yada. You've all heard it. But here we are. It's Christmas. You know, it's time to be time to be cheerful, time to be happy. I am a Christmas boy, like I said, so that's that's a good thing. I'm happy to be back. Even if it sucks this year, you know, everything sucks. I'm only going to see, uh, like, my sister and her kids, which is great, but that's it. Just that my sister, her kids, my parents, maybe see my girlfriend's parents. Well, we're going to see my girlfriend's parents at some point and her siblings, and that's it. No extended family this year. No aunts, uncles, cousins. Which some people are probably thrilled about. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there like absolutely ecstatic to not see their extended family. But I actually like seeing my aunts, uncles, and cousins. So crazy me, little bummed. I don't, I don't like the fake Christmas. But what are you gonna do? Everyone's scared of COVID. No fun in COVID. So just add this to the fucking list, you know. Uh. But yeah, I am home, back at my parents. Nothing works right. I don't know if anyone else has that in their life. Just everything in my parents is like half fixed over the years. <laughs> and you forget, my mother asked me the other day to turn the light on. She was looking through a bin of Christmas decorations for something. And I'm sitting there trying to get this fucking lamp on. And she's like laughing like I'm the idiot. She's like, y- you got to plug it in. Y- it doesn't shut off, so you just unplug it every night. She's like, "What? F- you forget what house you're in? <laughs> you know what I mean? Wake up, kid. Everything's broken now. So that's where we're at. Not that my shitty apartment in Hoboken is much better, but back home it feels good to have to jiggle every single door in the house a certain way to get it open and close. You know, it's fun, fun to remember all the old routines we had. Oh, my clothing bin just almost caved in on my fat ass. We survived. Don't worry, gang. We'll so we uh we'll record through anything. We're like Jordan with the flu. I'll make it work for you. But yeah, Christmas. Let's fucking 
I uh, I was ready for war today. Today is the twenty third. Today is December twenty third. It's like ten at night. I'm recording at night down in my parents' basement. I told my mother I was gonna be recording around nine thirty, ten o'clock, and she's still upstairs watching TV. So here I am at thirty years old, angry about that. <laughs> You can't win. It's even worse when you're old and you're at home, obviously. But it's even worse when they're annoying you because you just feel even more selfish because you're like, well, you're 30 years old. You fucking loser. You're the one staying in their basement currently. So wake the fuck up. But uh, yeah, today's the 23rd, and I I went to Target today. I'm I'm a hero. I might as well get I might as well get veteran status. I should be able to apply to any fire department in the fucking country. Uh, I went. I do it pretty much every year. I'm an idiot. I usually <laughs> this <laughs> this seat this makeshift seat just completely caved in on me, but <laughs> we're still gonna keep going. Uh, pretty much every year I do it. I'm a stupid boy, and uh, I always wait till the last second for at least a couple things. Usually, at the very least, right before Christmas, I still need to get like a couple throw-in shit, like stocking type shit for my girlfriend, like candy and chapstick and all that bullshit. And then I'll usually always get, like, me and my girlfriend will get, like, good gifts for my niece and nephew, but then I'll always just go to Target and get, like, $10 worth of just gifts that'll just piss my sister off, too. Like, anything with slime or glitter, and preferably if it has both, count on it. Anything that's really loud, I'm down with that. Just piss her right off. I'm sure she'll be pumped to return the favor when I have my kid, but... So we always add... <laughs> this. Did you guys just hear the seat collapse this time? Because I fucking heard it. I'm going to stop trying to fix it. Uh, we always... I th- Yeah, I throw in some goofy stuff for my niece and nephew. We got glitter, slime, something that'll mess up the house, make a mess, make a ton of noise. Uncle Kyle's getting it for them, you know? Keep them happy. Kids will be kids, you know? Kids will be kids. So, had to make my annual last-second Target trip today. And, uh... You just go in ready for war. I actually was, like, extra ready this year because I almost killed some lady before we went walking the dog, some fucking lady. My dog, like I've talked about, she's a bit of a pain in the ass, but she's harmless. She is a harmless dog. This lady had some little stupid dog. and my do- If they're both on the leash and my dog wants to play, she jumps, you know what I mean? And then if she can't get off the leash, she'll do, like, a little growl, but she's harmless. And this lady's like, y'all need to put that fucking dog on a fucking leash. And I'm usually not confrontational, but it just I was like, shut up, shut up, <laughs> yelling on Broadway in Boston, salty, just uh, to the point where like my girlfriend grabbed my arm, I'm like, Kyle, <laughs> but shut up, lady, if you're listening, you're one of my loyal listeners, shut up, you need to put that fucking dog on a leash, it was on a leash, you fucking idiot, you're a fucking little stupid dog, jumped out of it too, it was a, they fucking, it takes two to tango, yeah, what do you think this is, but, so I was already ready for war going in, but you have to be, honestly, I've learned over the years, you need to go into the day before Christmas, like, legitimately ready for war. You need to go in with a battle plan, in and out. In and out. Like, alright, we're going to Target. I know exactly where the toys are. I'm getting, like, three or four things from them, and we're fucking out of there. That's how it usually works, but brought my girlfriend this year, and she just uh, didn't stick to the battle plan, you know? It's like, she's like, well, I need to get stuff for my little cousins. And I'm like, okay. So I grab a couple goofy toys, a couple slime things, and uh, she's like, oh, I'm going to look at the board games. It's like, oh, okay, but 
you realize there's 800 people walking by with carriages and we're just standing in this aisle because you want to look at these board games, right? I told you coming in here, we're going to war. I told you. <laughs> Have the attack plan ready, in and out, know where you're going. It's the only way to do it the day before Christmas, but here we are. What do I know? I'm the big idiot who doesn't know anything, I guess. Who fucking blocking entire aisles in a target <laughs> day before Christmas, like mayhem in the toy section, and you're sitting there looking at every board game, which, by the way, they haven't changed since we were a kid. It's fucking operation. It's trouble. It's fucking that stuff, you know? So it's like, what are you even looking at? You know the board games. There's no new ones, but that's neither here nor there. That's what I did today. We got it done. Got that. Got some wine for some gifts, some bottles of wine, you know, some desserts to bring to my girlfriend's parents' house, and now I'm done. Christmas shopping is officially done, and uh, yeah, here we are in the basement, fucking done with Christmas shopping, feeling better. Uh, I was trying to think for the episode. I was like racking my brain, like, do I got traditions or stories? And I, I didn't have, I didn't have too many. The only real tradition was always just Christmas Eve, my mother's family, Christmas Day, my father's family came to our house, and uh, Christmas morning, my mother always made like Pillsbury cinnamon rolls. That was, that was the only like real tradition. But uh, the one kind of unofficial tradition, which did make me laugh, and I was putting. I think I've actually even mentioned this when I had someone on before, but putting the tree in the stand. That was. That was mayhem in my house. That was, that was like a big, because it is a pain in the ass. We all have done it now that we're adults. But I mean, literally every single year, my father would just yell and get in a big fight with my mother. <laughs> Me and my sister would walk on eggshells. That was like every single year putting the tree in. Like, we'd go to get the tree, and we'd be like this pocket lot type place where everyone and me and my sister would run around playing tag like kids do, running through the trees, which would infuriate my father off the bat. The whole time we were there, he'd be like, get over here. No, not that one. And you'd always be like, little pain in the ass. Like, why don't we get this one? Why don't we get this one? And they used to have the colors at the top, like a like a ribbon at the top to show, like, roughly how big it was. Like, five to six feet might be yellow. And we'd always be like, oh, look at this one. He'd be like, that's blue. We can only get yellow. <laughs> it was always an experience. And then we'd get back, and he'd... Uh, he, I just thought of another story. It's not really a Christmas story, but I guess I can tell it. Just thinking about my dad getting mad at us running. Nothing to do with Christmas here, but segue into this story real quick. One time, I don't even know how old I was. Whenever the Pokemon movie came out in theaters, Pokemon was huge, and it was like a mega hit movie. I remember it was like selling out everywhere. I remember we went to go see it. And it was one of those things where, like, my sister had to come just because, like, we were all going. She didn't have a babysitter, so it was just easier. So we all were going, all four of us. And we went, like, three hours before the movie to get the tickets, and then we had time to kill. So there's a movie theater directly across from the Braintree, the South Shore Plaza in Braintree, Mass., which is a big mall. And the plan was we were going to go get the tickets for Pokemon go to the plaza, buy a treadmill. My parents were buying a treadmill. And we were going to go back to Pokemon. And we went into the store. We're looking at it. And I, I mean, I'm like 10, 12 tops. I'm a kid. And I start fucking around on the treadmill. And what does every kid do? You, you turn that motherfucker up full speed. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, I thought I was fucking Priest Holmes. And I turn that bitch on. And I fall flat on my face. 
compl- like instantly fall, scrape my whole like face, my lips bleed, and I have like like a uh, rug burn looking shit on my fucking face and lip. And my father flips the fuck out. He goes ballistic. He's yelling at me, yelling at my mother for not paying attention to me. And then he storms off. And this is before cell phones. This is, there's no way to get in contact with this man. He storms off in the middle of a mall with his son bleeding and crying and his wife and daughter just sitting there horrified because he was so angry. And we had like two hours to kill before. I'll like never forget this. And we didn't know where he was. There was no way to find him. We just like my mother was like, no, we'll just we'll he'll he'll meet us at the theater. He'll meet us at the, and he did. I mean, we went to we went to see the movie, and he was just there, and like nothing happened. It was just kind of over. But that was a quick popped in my head thinking about running. The man was not happy with the kid. But then we saw Pokemon, and all was well. You know, he still loves me. I'm still crashing in the basement, so couldn't have been too bad a son, I guess. But yeah, the only real tradition was we'd go get the tree, run around, he hated it. And then, like I said, putting it in the stand was like a fight. Like, he'd be yelling and screaming and, you gotta move it to this side, you gotta do that. There'd be like three of us holding the tree on like different sides and pushing it in different directions, trying to get it level. Uh, and then, at some point when I was like 13, 14, all of a sudden he had this idea for a few years where he just decided it was easier to do the tree outside of the house and then bring it in, in the sand. So we'd get the tree, drive home, and then him and my mother would stand in front of the house on the sidewalk in the freezing cold, wrestling to put the tree in the sand. And same thing. He's yelling and screaming. Probably Neighbors are probably calling the cops. And it would still take fucking 20, 30 minutes while he yells, and then we'd bring it in, and everyone's just covered in sap and shit. They went a coat covered, and that was his plan for a few years. So that was the only real... Christmas tradition that came to head came to mind for me. The other funny story that popped in my head that I was like, "Oh, that's a good Christmas story." Is uh, I have an um, I have an uncle. He's a he's a gay man, no problem. He's a great guy, very funny guy. No one cares. It's twenty twenty, but he works in restaurants, and the few times he's brought boyfriends around, they were like Spanish guys that didn't speak English, like a lick of English. And they were nice guys. They were very polite come over for Christmas dinner, no big deal. But one year, the stairs at my parents' house are, like, closed in until you get halfway down, and that's when the banister starts. So if someone's walking downstairs from the top, you don't see them until they're halfway down. Like, you wouldn't see them from the living room. And this one year, he came with his boyfriend, whatever, and uh, the guy was just wearing, like, a pink Aeropostale shirt. No one thought twice about it. And then I just happened to be sitting in the right seat in the living room where I was looking right at it. And as I'm sitting there, I see my sister come down the stairs. She's probably 14 tops at this point, like maybe not even. And she gets halfway down to the point where you can see her through the banister. And she happens to look over the banister. And she was wearing the exact same pink shirt from Aeropostale as as the man, as his uncle's boyfriend. And my sister, the bitch that she was even back then, she instantly turned around, which makes it even funnier. And she went upstairs and changed her shirt. And, uh, <laughs> which, I don't know. It would have been cute. You could have took a couple pictures with the guy, maybe. Kept the same shirt. But that was a very funny Christmas story that came to my head. Uh, so that's, that's about what I got, you know. That was, 
some of my Christmas memories. And then I was just remembering gifts I got. And isn't it terrible, all this cool shit, all the money my parents spent on me? The only gifts I can remember off the top of my head are like video games and then all the awful CDs I got as a kid. Do you remember some of the CDs you got? And I wanted all of them. I asked for each one of these CDs. And off the top of my head, the list is so bad. It's like, like I know for a fact, I remember I got a Nickelback CD, a Creed CD. I got a Good Charlotte CD. I got Nelly CD, Country, Country Grandma edited. I got the Mystical CD edited. Back when Mystical was hot in the streets, singing Danger and stuff. And you might as well have not even got the CD. <laughs> the man liked to curse. There was a lot of cuss words on the Mystical CD. And I had the edited version. I was that loser kid who had the edited versions way too long. The first unedited album my uh, parents bought me was Get Rich or Die Trying by 50 Cent. I remember it was a Valentine's Day gift from my mother. So that's that's how cool I was growing up. You know, who's jealous of me? But yeah, those are just some off the top, top of the head, some Christmas fun stuff, you know. I feel like uh, I'm breathing very heavy here, and if I am, I apologize. It's because I've ended up standing up down there in the basement, and I can't help but, like, pace as I talk standing up. And I'm not in great shape, you know, so even the casual pace sometimes, you know, gets the heartbeat racing a little. You know, sorry, sue me. Forgive me. Uh, I finished up my shopping, like I said, but one funny thing that happened is I got this one stupid thing for the dog. It's just like a ball. It was like an IG-sponsored ad. I fell for it. Fucking fell for the trap. It was like a ball that bounces by itself, so it'll keep the dog entertained and whatnot. And it was just a sponsored IG ad, like I said, so I don't know nothing about it. But So I order it, 20 bucks, whatever. It's for the dog. It's a gift. Christmas, blah, blah, blah. And I don't even realize it's a Chinese company. But then after a like, few days, it's emailed me a tracking number, and the tracking number wasn't showing anything. So I just emailed, like, hey, the tracking number isn't showing anything. Is there any updates? Like, did I get ripped off? What's going on? And I got the most Chinese email response of all time. That's how I found out it was a Chinese company. Uh, and very funny Chinese response. So figured I'd read it to my friends. So here is the customer service response I got from this company. Oh, hero, please! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Imagine if I read the whole email like that. Oh, hello, Breeze. This is the email. Uh, No, this is this is actually the email. It is all in lowercase. There's not a single letter capitalized. Even like after the periods where the iPhone would normally do it for you, no capitalization. And this is their response. I am so sorry for the trouble we made. And let you wait so long because the item has shipped out. But it will update more slowly when the package on the plane. But don't worry. Now the item arrived in your country now. You can wait a more time. Tracking details will update. Signed, Julia. Which I'm sure is not this young lady's real name. You know, like the way Asian people just make up their names. I'm sure this lady's not really named Julia. But thanks for your help, Julia. I appreciate that it's on the plane and in my country so hopefully I'll see this ball sometime within the next six months that'd be pretty cool you know that would be pretty cool gang
So that's the that's the Christmas fun I got for you today. <laughs> that's my Christmas stuff. Uh, a couple other things, just on my mind, on the on the brain, on whatever the fuck is there a saying? If that if that's a saying, if not, uh, what else? I watched the Bee Gees doc the other day. Anyone fuck with the Bee Gees? They got a new documentary on HBO, uh, and it was decent. I threw it on on a whim. I couldn't sleep one night, and uh, I didn't. I know some BG songs. Everyone else knows some BG songs, but it was good. They were more popular than I ever realized. They were very, very famous, and they were more famous for like longer than you realize. They were famous like before they started singing in the high pitched voice and stuff. But the one takeaway, well, aside from the uh, the one big takeaway is uh, Barry Gibbs, very handsome man. I don't know if anyone has seen young Barry Gibbs lately when his prime, but very handsome man. If you if you're a, a straight heterosexual man and you think, and you can't admit that Barry Gibbs is good looking, I mean, you're gay, my friend. I hate to break it to you, but you are actually gay because that's a handsome man. I got no problem saying Barry Gibbs is a hunk. But the big thing I took away from it is there's this random scene where they're just trying to show how disco wasn't popular at first. And they talk about this guy who I couldn't help but like really digging into and learning about this guy's name was Steve Dahl, and he was just, like, a regular radio DJ, and he hated disco. He decided, like, he was the anti-disco crusader, which is hilarious to me that, like, disco got so much hate. It's like, I mean, part of it was clearly just, like, racism had to be a factor. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, we don't want this new, not white people music. But this guy was just a radio, like, rock DJ, and he loved rock, decided he hated disco. And he got thousands of people to come out just through, like, word of mouth on the radio. He had this thing where he called it Disco Demolition Night. And it was a doubleheader of Chicago White Sox-Detroit Tigers game at, like, a professional baseball stadium. And this fucking nut went out to center field, just filled up a bucket with disco records and, like, blew it up. That was literally what it was. He just exploded a bunch of disco records. And the place went wild. And thousands of kids, like... The stuff I read said mostly teenagers. They rushed the field. They went ballistic. Fucking fuck disco. <laughs> they ran out there going ballistic, going wild. And they ru- they ruined the field so much that the White Sox had to cancel the second game of the doubleheader. They had to just forfeit it and give the Tigers the win. Because these fucking anti-disco psychos <laughs> trashed the field. But can you imagine if this fucking maniac Steve Dahl had, like, Twitter? Imagine if he was he was ahead of his time, this guy. Like, people think Trump was crazy and shit. Like, this guy would have been, this guy would have ruled the world. This guy was just like your regular local shock jock who decided he didn't like the Bee Gees songs. And he, just over the course of, like, the radio and word of mouth, he got thousands of people to come out just to fucking go ballistic and explode shit out inside the field just because he didn't like these songs. I mean, this man, he would have been dangerous with the platform. If you gave him social media... We would have all been living in Steve Dahl's world right now. He would have taken over, I'm convinced. It's just uh, just crazy. So that was a fun little tidbit I picked up watching the Bee Gees doc. Watch the Bee Gees doc. That's, uh, you want to see a handsome man and some fucking explosions out in center field? Who doesn't, who doesn't want that? You know, that's appealing. And then uh, I hate to... I hate to combine this with the Christmas episode, but you can't not talk about it. I always say, anyone who's listened to the 
14 episodes so far, it's probably like, this fat fuck keeps saying he's not going to talk about COVID and politics, and that's all he talks about. But it's kind of all that's going on in the world, and you can't not talk about it sometimes. And unfortunately, they fucked us again, so we do need to talk about it. They passed the COVID bill, or they're talking, they might have passed it. Now all of a sudden, they're backtracking, saying they might give us two grand, but they pass it to $600 a person, which is a slap in the face, just off the rip. I mean, what am I going to fill up my gas tank seven times? Cut the shit. And it's just like, it's not even that as much as like, there's just all bullshit. That the actual bill is like, they're giving billions to gender fucking programs in Pakistan. What the, f- what does that mean? Gender program. I mean, I know I'm a, I'm an idiot man. I'm a sexist, all that shit for not knowing what it is. But what the fuck is a gender program? And forgive me, I admit I'm a fucking ignorant American. But you know what? Protect us ignorant Americans because I don't give a fuck if some fucking Pakistani girl knows how to use a tampon. You know, I just, I'm sorry, but there's people in this country dying. There's people in this country losing everything with fucking families and kids to feed. I don't even have that shit. I'm fucking lucky right now. I don't, but I mean, I don't have a job right now. And and there's still people that got it worse. There's people with mouths to feed losing everything. And it's not their choice. They didn't choose not to work. You fucks shut it down. The government shut everything down. You closed where they work. You took money off their table. And then you're like, here's 600 bucks, you know. How much does a PS5 cost? We'll cover. We'll we'll get you half a PS5. You know, how about you can either, maybe you can fill your gas tank a couple times, or maybe you can get a couple presents for like one of your kids. You got two, maybe you can make it work for one and a half. You know, hopefully one of your kids was born with a short arm or something. They won't need a full set of gifts because we're not going to give you enough for that. And it's just fucking crazy. You know, it's just like I said, it's like. I don't, it's just like, you guys did this to us. These people didn't choose not to work. These people didn't choose to get sent home and be fucking poor and not be able to pay their rent. You guys shut their shit down. And then you think you're heroes because you're going to throw them like, hey, here's 600 bucks. It's like, fuck, it's a slap in the face. No matter how poor you are, it's a slap in the face. Here's $600, you fucking idiots. Why don't you just fucking treat it like a stocking? I'd rather you do that. Treat it like my mother does a stocking. Throw in some Reese's Christmas trees. You know what I mean? Give everyone like a $20 Dunkin' Donuts gift card. Some chapstick and tell them to go fuck themselves. Why didn't you just do that? Because that would have been better. You would have been better off. Just be honest about it. Like, hey, we don't give a fuck. Neither side. If you think your side gives a fuck at this point, you're so crazy. Both sides voted on this. This isn't like a Trump. It's both sides not giving a single fuck. They're giving all this money to these other countries. And they're letting our country die. They're letting the middle class die. They're letting businesses die. It's fucked up. If you're not angry about it, you're fucking insane. If you think your side's doing right and the other side's fucking it up, you're insane. But either way, take your $600 and shut the fuck up, you peasant. Because <laughs> they don't care and it ain't changing. I hate to break it. But some of the stuff in it that you see is just... Like, laugh out loud. Funny, they put a random tax break in for people that own horses. Who the fuck owns horses? Like, filthy rich people and then fucking... Like, freaks. <laughs> you know, like, who else even owns horses to get that tax break? It's just fucking... It's bad. It's all bad. They're all fucking us. But, hey, you can get half a fucking... Like I said, half a PS5, maybe. You know. Hey, here's uh, $20 a Subway for everyone in the country. That's what you should just skip us. 20 bucks to McDonald's. Take it or leave it. I'll take the fucking filet of fish And then, 
Rand Paul, that fucking nut. His brilliant idea to save everyone is he thinks we shouldn't even give out money. He just thinks anyone who's already had COVID, they should get like waiter and bartending jobs. That's his <laughs> game plan. But what if it's some fucking guy, some fucking dude with a Harvard fucking engineering degree who's fucking <laughs> can build a spaceship? He's laid off. But he's had COVID. Let's throw him in the fucking, let's throw him in the restaurant for a couple hours. See how he does. That'll be effective. Like, it's just insanity. He said, old people, you should put a wing in each restaurant for only old people. And anyone who works there had COVID already so the old people can feel safe. That's his plan to stimulate the economy, give people their jobs and livelihood back. That's what this guy wants to do. Like, are you fucking insane? What are you going to have? Some fat fuck 65-year-old who hasn't worked hard at his desk for fucking 20 years. All of a sudden, he's going to go be a waiter and he's going to be happy about it. And on top of that, he's going to be waiting on exclusively old fucks who come to dinner at 3 o'clock and don't tip. That's what this guy is going to do and that's going to save everything. He's going to be able to pay his rent because he can do that now. It's just fucking craziness. Where wh- What is going on in the world? We're living in fucking crazy land. It's fucking bananas, but... I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll end the rant there. I didn't want to get too hung up on COVID. It is the Christmas episode. It's trying to stay positive. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll wrap it up. Short episode this week. Keep it easy for Christmas. Enjoy your holidays, everyone. I love you all. Hope you had some fun. The early parts of the episode were positive. We like to have fun here. Uh, I love you all. Enjoy your holidays. And uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks a lot, gang.